Hello and welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denevsky and today I spoke with Victoria Mendez, the Global Director of Cool to Be Kind. Victoria became involved with Cool to Be Kind in its parent organization, the National Association of People Against Bullying, following her brother Daniel taking his own life as a result of the bullying he suffered in middle and high school. As you'll hear during the podcast, Cool to Be Kind started at a single high school in California and now has chapters across the country, with participating students working to raise attention and fight this growing problem. With the help of Cool to Be Kind, kids and school administrators are receiving crucial support to help them identify bullying when it's happening and provide important interventions to help affected kids. I hope that after hearing from Victoria, you'll want to get involved. I'm on with Victoria Mendez, the Global Cool Be Kind Director. Victoria, thank you so much for speaking with me today. To start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and why Cool to Be Kind was formed? Sure, yeah, and thanks so much for having me um, on. I really appreciate getting to getting to talk with you today um, about this. I am currently 23 years old. I'm um, a grad student at Stanford. I'm doing their master's program in public policy, and I'm working for the National Association of People Against Bullying um, as a Global to Be Kind director, like you mentioned. And that actually, all of these efforts actually kind of started back in 2009 um, after my brother, Daniel Mendez. Um, he did um, sadly ended his life as a result of bullying um, after many years of horrible bullying. And so after that happened, his friends started this club called Cool to Be Kind at the high school because they did not want what um, other people to go through what he had to go through. And at the same time, also, my parents formed a nonprofit organization called the National Association um, of People Against Bullying and definitely got really involved in both of those um, throughout the school and continuing up through um, school. So NAPAB does a lot of different things, um, including we will provide some direct services to people, to students who are being bullied. That can include free therapy and free martial arts lessons, but also it can include like direct advocacy with their school if we find that they're, that it seems like they're not really appropriately handling the bullying if it's been reported. Um, and so we work with the school and like the family and, and um, person who are being bullied to, to try to have, have a good resolution around that and also provide some, some training and education to schools also have done done it for different like healthcare agencies and different forums like that but also um, one function has become helping students start cool to be kind chapters at other schools because I think they really started seeing what um, that first cool to be kind club was doing and really liked that and, and wanted some some support around around starting more chapters so that's kind of what I'm doing nowadays is mostly helping them start and, and run their their cool to be kind chapters. Yeah, and something I want to bring up was I know that many people think that only certain types of kids are more prone to being bullying, like someone who might be more shy or unathletic. But can you talk about how this is a misconception? Yeah, thanks so much for that question. It's a great question. So I think that people have this kind of idea of what 
someone who would be being bullied would look like like oh they must be really small or they must yeah like you mentioned be really shy or um have something that stands out about them that would cause them to be bullied we find that that's really not the case and there are certain groups of people particularly people in marginalized groups are at higher risk for being bullied Um, for example like lgbtq students are bullied at much higher rates um, the non-LGBT students. For example, also, my brother was called various, like, he was half Mexican and half Italian and was called various, like, racial slurs mm-hmm. um, around that. But what we find primarily is that it's really, it's the most emotionally intelligent students a lot of the times and the most, like, peace, peace-loving peace students that are being targeted for this because the bullies think that they will be easy to mess with and not really fight back. And so we try to make sure people know that just because you're being bullied, it doesn't say anything bad about you because oftentimes, yeah, the bullies will target these like very emotionally intelligent um, students and then just latch on to really any like lie or insecurity or insult that they can try to use to make them feel bad. Yeah. And as you're saying, it's definitely not a reflection of the person being bullied. It's a reflection of the person who is bullying. So I think that's very important, too. And another point was, I know that at Daniel's school, they didn't take the bullying that seriously. So I was wondering, what do you think the responsibility is of schools to address bullying and not tolerate bullying? Yeah, thanks so much um, for that question. We think it's really important for schools to kind of have, have kind of really a multi-pronged approach to looking at bullying, like First, we think it is very important to train actually teachers, educators, school staff who are working with students on actually what bullying is to look out for and how how they can help out. Because sometimes, a lot of times teachers, I think, do want to help, but they don't really know what what they should be looking for and they feel like they haven't been um, prepared to do that. Another thing we think is really important is for the schools to have kind of strong anti-bullying policies and processes in place so that they have you know, the process, of course, for people to report anonymously is very important for people to be able to do, um, but also a process to say, when we get a report of bullying, we're going to, we're going to quickly investigate it. And also, we think it is crucial to let the parents of both the victim and the bully know about it when a bullying report is filed, because their family may be able to support them and will want to know that they're being bullied because of all of the like really challenging mental health stuff and also the risk of suicide that comes with that. And also definitely is crucial for when, when there are situations of bullying to definitely for the schools to take action and particularly including like providing counseling services for both the victim and the bully because of the mental health issues that we know are underlying that. Um, and a final thing I would say too is, is also we think it's a great process to be like, to be proactive about checking in with that student who was bullied later and, and making sure like, hey, has it, has this bullying stopped? Are you feeling safe at school again? And like, what, and having a plan um, to make that happen. I think it's very important that people support these people who are being bullied throughout years and not just for a short duration of time because you need to be there for these people for a long time. You can't just step in once. I think that's important too. Exactly.
Yeah, and I think it's important for people to realize that, like, and this has been getting more recognition in recent years that previously was not really being talked about at all, but bullying really does have very significant consequences on people's mental health. And that's been shown by study after study that bullying, you know, it can lead to depression, anxiety, PTSD, and increase people's risk of suicide. And that is because it is a traumatic event when people experience particularly repeated bullying over time, because that is a situation in which they feel unsafe, right? So they'll start to have like their fight or flight response kick in. And when that, when that kind of builds over time, that's kind of what can lead to that PTSD that we often see when, when people are being bullied. And so we think it is important to support them and to understand through that angle so that they're, they're being, um, like understood through and um, ultimately getting mental health care through that lens of trauma and also understanding that, you know, like other situations where people are experiencing like traumatic events, um, people often start to like they can really internalize that and start to blame themselves and think that it's their fault. Um, and it's the exact same dynamic that happens with bullying. So it is really important to get um, students who are bullied to understand that yeah, it's not their fault. It doesn't say anything bad about them. And yeah, I think that talking about mental health in relation to bullying is so important too because, as I was saying, some people don't always take it seriously and they might think, oh, bullying builds character or something like that. But it does have psychological effects that people can hold for the rest of their lives. So I think it's important to address that too. Could you talk about some of the more specific projects that you are working on to combat bullying? Sure, yeah. Things have definitely been very interesting recently with <laughs> with COVID nineteen and in terms of, you know, limits of who's who's which of our chapters are back in school and, and what they can do. But um we did recently have a webinar for um that was open to anyone who was we had one section for seventh through twelfth grade students and talked to them. It was just a, basically an open platform for people to be kind of educated about what bullying is, what are some of the effects, and like really what they can do about it, um, and had a similar session for like kind of adults working with youth as well. So mostly what I'm up to is helping our Cool to Be Kind chapters kind of run um, and do different activities. A lot of them are meeting over Zoom right now and keep keeping up the good work through that. Um, some of them have gone back to school and are starting different like in-person events, obviously, with social distancing and face masks but yeah and one of our hope you know one of our biggest biggest undertakings of the year for our chapters is typically blue ribbon week which happens the first week of february um and that's usually like they try to make it kind of a week that's focused around bullying awareness and bullying prevention and so we'll have lots of different activities associated with that sometimes marches and also organizing like assemblies at their schools so Hopefully, hopefully there can be some some good in-person activities for Blue Ribbon Week this year, but we'll definitely try to make it the best that, they, that we can. We've also recently, some of one of our chapters in Southern California has been working on kind of, I, I guess it was around the last spring before COVID really happened that they were, we were um, working to advocate for some kind of changes in anti-bullying legislation here in California that we thought were important. So we're meeting with different state assembly women staff staff people and talking talking with our through our proposal with them, which they were very interested in, but um, that eventually got derailed when COVID um, <laughs> when COVID happened. So ho- are hoping to pick that pick those kind of 
efforts back up in this next cycle, I think. So You're saying before how NAPAB educates professionals in schools, and why do you think it's so important that schools and professionals in general are educated on the issue of bullying? Yeah, thanks so much. I mean, I think because it's an issue that is prevalent for so many of our youth, it's something that they really are struggling with, and it seems like an area where definitely they're not getting the support that they need um, right now. I think the most recent studies that have been done show that about 20% of high schoolers reported having been bullied, and so that really is a shocking number, and, and that should not be happening. And also, we've seen that the, the the rate at which suicide has is really increased for this group of young people, I think also is is very alarming. And we know that right, there is a connection with bullying. And so we think it is really important for the people who are who are working with these youth to kind of really understand the dynamics of the problem and the kind of support that that they need. And going back to what you're saying about how we can't blame the people who are bullied for the bullying. I think another interesting point to bring up is that it's also you can't blame other family members and other people for not always doing enough because I know that your parents were very involved in your brother's life and that clearly it's not you can't always put things on family because I feel like sometimes people assume that oh the family could do more but could you talk about how this sort of led your parents to form NAPAB? It's a good question. I mean, I think that it really helped them see a lot of the gaps that were there in terms of like the help and support that they were able to get because so, right, they did know that Daniel was being bullied during middle school, which was very, like very severe and very horrible. And he was, he did um, get enrolled, started therapy. So he was seeing, he saw different mental health professionals at different points. But it seemed like none of them really connected what he what was going on. Um, they didn't make the connection with that bullying was this problem that was causing him to have so much anxiety um, and other issues. Yeah, well, I think it's amazing how you all you took such a horrible situation and you used it to help so many people. So I think that that's definitely doing a lot of good. And could you share one example of? something that you've seen or heard about that really just has shown you the impact of your organization's work? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks so much. Um, I really appreciate that also. And, you know, it, it does, you know, give us some some comfort moving forward, I think, to to be able to, to do something. I think one good example of this recently was there was a case of a student who was being very severely bullied. And they were, it had been reported to their school district. And unfortunately, their school district was like investigated it and said that basically there was like mean and cruel behaviors happening. They basically said, oh, well, bullying has to have a power imbalance and we cannot find a power imbalance. So it's not, so we're concluding that it's like not bullying. But the power imbalance is like, very academic term for bullying and I think often when teachers think that they do have to look out for that they don't know what a power imbalance looks like um unless it's like oh the student is way smaller or something and they don't also don't know how to look out for power imbalances and like social status necessarily so we did write a letter to that school district and said and 
pointed out what what the legal issues were um, with their analysis. Yeah, I think it's important how you mentioned also how a power imbalance isn't always a physical difference. It's sometimes things like status and other things that you really need to take into account. So I think that it's really important that teachers and schools recognize that as well, for sure. And another thing I want to bring up was, since some kids are um, understandably scared to speak up about bullying and how they're being bullied, what are some signs that someone might need help? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a few things. Um, I think it's really important to look for just like generalized signs of like PTSD or anxiety or depression and note that they could possibly be related to bullying. For example, if people are like particularly jumpy or like on edge, um, that can be a sign of, of PTSD. Also, and I mean, it doesn't always show up, but I think when students are like struggling with grades, don't want to go to school, feel depressed and, and don't like aren't really interested in, in different activities. I think that can, that can also be an important sign. And also if they say general things that indicate that they have low self-esteem or that people mess with them and that they feel, you know, pretty insecure about certain things themselves, I think, I think that can be a good sign or that can be an important sign as well. And if you recognize one of these signs, what what can you do as an individual to help someone who is being bullied? Yeah, I think it's it's really important to to check in on your friends if you notice these signs, asking them, "Hey, are you okay? I've been noticing these things and wanted to make sure like that you are okay." You can even ask if they have if they're being bullied. And also, if you don't want to use that word, that's okay. If you want to say, oh, are other people like harassing you or like, that's fine too. Because um, I think you're right. A lot of times people feel embarrassed to admit that they are being bullied for the reasons that we had talked about earlier. So yeah, I think being there as a friend and being supportive is is very important. Um, and not making them feel like, oh, Maybe the bullying wouldn't be happening if you weren't doing those things yeah. or something or like dismissing their feelings and telling them they're being overly sensitive. Like it is very important to listen, to understand um, and to make them feel understood, I think can be a really helpful thing for people who are being bullied. And it, it is good to point them in the direction of like, oh, here's some resources. Like, have you tried XYZ can be fine, but also you do want to be sure that you're listening more to to understand them, to like yeah. analyze and solve their problems. Yeah. And it's also another thing, I think if someone is being bullied and you're having, you're worried that maybe they're thinking about like hurting themselves. A lot of times people don't want to ask that question because they're scared that if they ask that question and people aren't thinking about hurting themselves, they'll like put the idea into their head and make them go do it. Um, but research does show that that's not actually true. So it is okay to ask someone if they're having thoughts about hurting themselves and be there for them to talk through that with them. And also, I would say if you are, if they, if it seems like they are in danger, then it can be good to um, let their family know so that they can um, help protect them. And definitely also, yeah, it is really important to encourage for those people to be able to um, get mental, get mental health care support as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I actually, in a previous podcast, have talked to American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So I definitely think it's important people know there are resources out there for help, too. So 
What would your advice be for someone who is currently being bullied? Yeah, thank you so much. That's, that's a good question. The major thing that we really want people to realize is that it's not their fault. All For all of the reasons that we talked about earlier, how people can really internalize that. And it is really hard to, to if you hear yourself call something so often to not start to believe it. But that is what is really um, important for people to to be able to do. It's a very difficult and necessary thing for people mm-hmm. to get through bullying and to realize that if someone is bullying you, um, it actually shows a lot more about them than it does about you. How can people best get involved with Cool to Be Kind and an APA be in general? So if people are interested and they want to go to check us out, they can go to NAPAB, that's napab.org. And there's a tab for to get involved that um, that people can click to get involved. And if people are interested in contributing some time, depending on, you know, what their previous experience working, working with youth and working in the different kind of related fields that we are looking for help in, that would be awesome. Also, donating to NAPAB is very, very helpful and important. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we operate entirely off of um, individual donations. So any amount that is really helpful for us to be able to um, keep our programs running and to be able to support those cool-to-be-kind student-led anti-bullying chapters. Another thing people can do to get involved in Cool to Be Kind, particularly um, for students or teachers, would be to start one of our um, anti-bullying club chapters at your school. If you go to our website and click on anti-bullying services and then student-led anti-bullying clubs, you can um, request to start a chapter there. That is a great way, we think, to make respective change at your school because what our Cool to Be Kind chapters really do is they help to change the culture of a school And that's because since they're student-led, we find that it is really powerful for students to really be speaking up and saying, we are not okay with bullying at our school and to be helping to educate other students around that. Um, We think that that students are much more likely to listen to each other at the end of the day than they are necessarily to, you know, listen to an adult that comes in with a PowerPoint to tell them, you know, not to bully. So we think that 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 can be really, that can be really great to do if you um if you are interested in leading an initiative at your school is a great way to get involved that makes a lot of sense and is there anything else you'd like to add or leave us with before you go yeah i think we would just want to remind people if they see bullying to definitely take a stand against it you know even though that can be really scary um the reality is other people probably are also uncomfortable with what they're seeing and you can you can start a bigger movement where other people will stand up to and when you stand up to bullying you really do make all the difference in the world to that person who's being targeted well thank you so much and as i was saying before thank you so much for being so transparent because i think what you're doing will help and has been helping a lot of people yeah thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it and i think it's really cool that you're doing this podcast and letting people know about different issues that they can get involved with i mean you know i think you're a great example of of youth who are who are working to to change the world and make it a better place